Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Let Me Tell You. Now, here's Joan Hamburg. Slowly, we're coming out of the pandemic, trying to get life back to normal, or don't forget, everyone has a different normal. And people are talking about what happened during the pandemic. Did they learn anything? There's good news and there's bad news. A friend who's very involved in certain causes sent me information that during the pandemic, child abuse around the world rose to unprecedented amounts that all a whole population of youngsters living in poverty faced extraordinary abuse. And some cases people step forward, other cases they didn't. I want you to meet a really interesting woman, Tabitha Mamira, who is a mental health therapist and an activist. And Tabitha is in New York right now. And I think it's really fascinating to understand how one woman could make such a difference. And a world she grew up in was a world where young women, young girls were not considered valuable at all. So Tabitha, welcome to the Joan Hamburg Show. And explain, if you will, what you got involved in and how you and a small group of people made such an enormous difference. Oh, thank you so much, Joan, for having me. And for all your listeners, I am grateful to be here. Uh, A real quick background on how that all started. As an 11-year-old in Rwanda, growing up there, I, too, was assaulted and never told a soul because there was this knowing as a girl that your voice is not important and nobody will care, even though nobody told me that. And fast forward in 2015, I visit Uganda in this rural area where education and all the things we take for granted on this side of the world were not as accessible. And it was this five-year-old. For those who are listening, this story kind of involves sexual assault. So just to um, preface that. And this little girl had been assaulted by the people who were supposed to protect her. And that was her grandfather. And because they could not afford $5, she was infected with HIV that could have been prevented. And because she couldn't afford to pay the police, she was forced to live with the perpetrator, which is also what COVID has forced a lot of people to do. And perpetrators were given a goat as an apology. apology. As an apology. And in 2015, I knew that if that had happened to me over 20-some years ago, and it was still happening, it means somebody has to end this cycle. And if not me, then who? And that was when I knew I had to stand up and do something. 
because girls were told all these years later that they were worth a go. And that's not a world I wanted to live in or raise my daughters in. So that's how my work began to fully take on, take off. How did you get people, Tabitha, to listen to you? I mean, you yourself sat on this trauma for years and years, but communities that accepted this as the norm. How did you get there and say, stop, pay attention? Yeah, that's a great question. It's, it took some innovation and creativity, but first thing I knew was that it will have to take the community to understand how they are affected. And at the core, all of us want purpose. As people, we all want value. We all want to bring something in this world. And it was a matter of tapping into what are their values. So how we did that, I worked with local people, so I'm not this expert or savior or anything. I only used my story for the first time publicly, knowing the stigma, to say that this is not just some theoretical thing that happens. It's a global um, issue. So I'm here as evidence that it can happen and we can heal. And that was uh, for the survivors. For the community, police officers, I reached out to them and said, it's because of you that this community is safe, but I know you don't have all the resources that you need to do to be your best self. How can I come alongside you so you can be your better version, better versions of the work you are called to do? And so when they hear that, that they have something to do here, they were open to hearing more versus saying, this is wrong, this is not okay. I was going with what you're doing well and how can we tap into that to create a better community for the men. And how do you get the victims, many of them young children, yeah. to end the silence? How do you get them to speak up? And one more thing is that you ultimately got people arrested and sent to jail, mm -hmm. the grandfather, the uncle, the father. Did yeah. the community accept that or were they afraid? So for to get them to speak up, I first had to do it myself so they can, uh, so I'm not just preaching, but I walk the talk. And then the other part that every survivor needs that we know for sure is to hear three things. I believe you, it is not your fault, and how can I support you? So we empowered them to be their own, to take on their own healing by providing healing centers in every hospital so they knew where to go. And then we held accountable the justice system, all the barriers they put in, in the way, corruption. So we hired a legal advocate who would drive the police officer to go make an arrest. Instead of being bribed by the perpetrator, somebody's there to hold them accountable. And we gave praise where it's due when they did, when they did come through. We arrested over 60 perpetrators in a span of three years. It had never been done. Nobody had ever faced consequences. And that gave the children safety in that idea that somebody really believes I deserve justice. I deserve healing. And that makes them able to now speak out because they know something will be done on their behalf. And this is not only an issue that takes place in Uganda or 
places nearby. This is an issue that affects young women in so many places, right? Yeah, here in the U.S. Uh, with COVID, we saw more numbers coming up. Mental health was being overwhelmed. Young women, girls, boys, even boys started coming forward. So this is the one issue that affects in different ways, but across the world, where silence is bigger than the voices. So we know one in three women are affected, one in six men. The issue is here, and now it's time to put the shame and the guilt where it belongs, which is the perpetrators, and raise voices of survivors so that we can put this to, to end, because enough is enough. Do this you find be. that survivors are willing to report the crime? It's not like they can go next door to the local police department. It's a deal. Right. I think... When they know that something will be done, and we have seen this in history, where survivors are um, not believed, right? We've seen Anita Hill. We saw recently with, uh, now we have a Supreme Court judge. We won't get into politics, but we see that most of the time when they are brave enough to put themselves out there, they are the ones who get shamed into it. So when we stop doing this to survivors, more and more will come forward. And our job, my calling, is that one day I run out of a job, that this shouldn't even be a job, that every woman and child's safety is a right, not a privilege. Mm -hmm. And so the more we all can, in our own spaces as individuals, believe survivors, give them the support they need, and hold our institutions accountable to hold perpetrators to justice is the only way we can end this silent pandemic that has plagued our society from day one. Right. And in your country and in parts of the world, mm -hmm. you know, in America, it's always a big problem and a big deal. But it's not like there where you point out survivors have to do all this court work. They have to even pay money, which yeah. they don't have. They need the paperwork. And the cases are often thrown out because something even minuscule might be missing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they put these barriers in place to discourage the ones who are willing to pursue it. And that's where we intervened with this legal advocate. If you're missing a piece of paper, it's thrown out. They keep changing the dates, and these women are walking 10 miles to make it to this courtroom. And if they change it on them three different times, they stop coming, so that's thrown out. And how do we overcome all these barriers that they make it the survivor's job? And that's the only crime that this is done. We will never hear anybody questioning what somebody did to be martyred. Like, where were you? What were they wearing? None of that, but sexual assault, which is also sometimes feels like the killing of the soul, right? The person to mm -hmm. heal from this takes a lifetime. But it's the only crime where responsibility is put on the survivor to prove their case, not right. the other way around like all the other crimes are. No, and That's there, there okay. are so many issues, too. You had pointed out that in countries that are devastated by AIDS, there yeah. are all these orphans 
and you've got grandparents who lost their own children to disease and other things to take in these children. Is mm -hmm. that program still working? Yes, that program is still working and in communities. People look out for each other. So grandmothers, some of them are raising children their own um, biological grandchildren, who are not biological grandchildren. And others take in nieces and nephews and they support them in all these other ways. And so they don't know, they know how to take care of the physical needs of a child and they all they needed was a little extra skills on how can I advocate for this child when something this traumatic happens. And most of these women had also experienced the same sexual violence that they've normalized. So having them also understand that they have some healing to do for themselves before they can advocate for others. So all those programs still happening, but now with more mental health skills on how to help and support healing, as well as prevention that it doesn't continue to happen to the younger ones. Right. And so important, whether it be in your country, whether it be throughout America, to girls and women, that they matter. Yeah. And that they can speak up and fight for their lives and for themselves. Yes. And even, and more importantly, more than ever, younger men learning about consent, older men understanding that they too can be part of this movement. It's more important to have them as part of this movement. Most of us women get the lessons from day one, how to stay safe, how to prevent uh, getting in situations where you could be compromised and harmed. But young men never get the lessons on how to not be a perpetrator, how to respect the uh, agency and rights of women. And so now we're often including men in, we have more good men than we do perpetrators. And when they make this movement as synonymous to opposing men, we're just against perpetrators, not men. So involving and asking more men to join and raise better, we also as parents to raise better young men who know that this is not the norm and this is not okay and how do I also yeah, raise my voice and show up. Tabitha changed the lives of thousands and thousands of young women and girls and men too. Check out her website and find out what a difference a person can make. Tabitha, tell what the website is. Oh, thank you, John. Our website for the work that we do is edjafoundation.org or my personal website is tabithamhamira.com. And little by little, you're changing the world and those around you. Thank you so much. All the Thank best you. to you. And you're listening to Let Me Tell You How One Woman Changed Her World.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 